pass. Let's talk wellness now. The importance of emotional regulation is our topic. And uh, we're putting the spotlight on this as we go through life and have many different experiences. And then some of them are positive and others aren't so positive. But let's get clarity and guidance on this then in terms of our emotions. How do we regulate them? And we're joined by Dr. Steph, who is a psychologist. Good morning to you, doctor. And thanks for making time. Good morning, Asanda. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Um, very well, thank you. Not normally up at this time of the morning, but thank you for starting my day good and early. Oh, we appreciate you for doing that, for getting up for us this early morning. <laughs> what does it mean to regulate emotions? Okay, so the, the nuts and bolts, if one starts with a definition, is that self-regulation is that ability to to manage those feelings that you have that disrupt your normal flow. So where you would normally be at, where you would be calm, where you would be able to make decisions positively. So in other words, to help you to think before acting, to put that pause between when something happens and you receive some kind of impulse and actually acting out. Um, but it also reflects your ability to cheer yourself up after disappointment. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if, if something sets you back, that you're able to pick yourself up again and carry on. And in some contexts like work, you can imagine that that needs to happen in a very short space of time. So we're not talking about days, but almost seconds, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we regulate emotions? What's involved here when we are emotional regulating? <laughs> Just coined a, a term there, whatever that is. Yeah, to, yeah, I suppose, to, to be doing some self-regulation. Um, yeah. so, so when you do self-regulation, I mean, there's, there's two sets of things. So the one is um, your more sort of long-term stuff that you do, and then there's those things that you can do in the moment. So mm-hmm. if, we, if we talk first about those things that you and I can do, just knowing that this is going to be in your landscape at some time in the future, and then they talk about doing your goal-setting and self-monitoring yourself on an ongoing basis, and then teaching yourself that self-talk. Um, I remember a while ago it was trending that you go into the bathroom before you go and do something, look yourself in the mirror and go into like a Superman pose and say, yes, I can do it. So mm-hmm. that kind of positive reinforcement or even making you know fun of yourself using humor. Um, and then the other things that you can do in the moment. So now we're talking about someone who you know, is already, in the, already experiencing maybe some anxiety symptoms, possibly even a, a threatening panic attack. Um, or in some moments feeling that they're just, you know, they're going to lose it. They're just going to lose it. Then there's a number of things that you can do. And they relate to the senses. So we talk about go through all your senses and see how many of them you can you can apply in the moment. So if I'm sitting here and I think to myself, okay, what can I hear? Then I'll go, okay, well, I can hear the traffic. I can hear the person in the cubicle next door. I can hear a computer beeping. So that's three three hearing things I've identified. And then what can I feel? I can feel the fabric of the clothing I'm wearing. I can feel the wall next to me. So you run yourself slowly through your senses and ground yourself and just touch things around you, look at things around you, hear things around you. And that can really help you to just reduce and ground and just come back to self. All right. And and in a case where somebody has poor emotion regulation, what causes that? Or Mm. what are the things that can interfere with our ability to regulate our emotions? Sure. So I would say, again, that would be sort of the, the more long-term things. So mm-hmm. for each of us, you know, you might be a fantastic or fast runner. I'm not. So we always need to translate that into to mental wealth. Mental, <laughs> mental wealth. I keep on saying that, so I think it's a trigger term. Mm-hmm. Um, with our mental health, we, we have to imagine that 
that which is physically applies to us also applies to our mental health skill set. So you would have some genetics that would help you to be a better self-regulator than I have, for example. Mm. And hopefully that is something that you then can, can realize about yourself in your explorative stages. So in other words, developmentally, maybe during adolescence or so, you would notice, oh, my self-regulatory skills are not that great. And you can start working on them. Um, so those are the long-term things. In the moment, the kind of things that work with self-regulation are triggers. Mm. So there will be things from your past or things that are just generally upsetting to, to anybody, you know, um, seeing an accident, for example, or something like that. So there are things that trigger us that make it difficult. Um, generally, things that upset one is um, like emotional things, so things that really set your parasympathetic nervous system going, um, emotional ups and downs like conflict. Mm. So I would say sadness and shock and conflict, those are the things that will trigger you in the moment. Is there a well-regulated person or emotionally well-regulated person? Or, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking every day we face so many things that uh, provoke mm. us and, and some of them require, a, you know, an action and a response. Is there a, a point where somebody can say this is a well-regulated person or we just have well-regulation in bits and pieces? It's, it's never really a, a, a fully that one person is going to be well-regulated all the time. Sure, you know, um, I've got a cousin who's very, very <laughs> so I know for a fact they exist. Yeah. Um, I've got a theory that in countries like South Africa, we are exposed to maybe more than, than in, in countries where people are slightly more protect, protected by all sorts of layers um, of government, of security, you know, mm. lower crime rates and so on, that I think in those countries, you know, people may come across as more regulated, whereas I think our nervous systems are a little bit overstressed in a country like ours. And therefore, self-regulation becomes even more imperative and our focus on it. So, yes, definitely, there are people who self-regulate um, a lot better than others. And there certainly are people who are incredibly regulated. And I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting many of them in my life. And, you know, on the face of it, you can't, you can't tell that it can be any color or creed. It can be any job description. It can be a street sweeper. It can be a CEO. You never know where it's going to pop out, whether somebody's able to just handle a crisis beautifully or simply not hold it together. So what does your cousin do? <laughs> Tell us. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sure, are they you know, this well-regulated person all the time? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's genetic, eh? She just, yeah, from the time that we were young, she's just this very calm person. She just looks you deep in the eye and cocks her head to the side and listens to your story and doesn't matter what comes un- up, she's unflappable. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need to take some tips there from, from, uh, from her. Is emotional regulation also emotional intelligence or emotional maturity then? Is there a correlation? Definitely, yes, definitely. Look, I think that, like my cousin thinks, some people are just gifted through the genes and that's lucky. But for the rest of us, it's definitely something that you have to work on um, and it can, it's skills-based. So it's neurological and neurological things can can be changed. We can work with our neural pathways, we can reprogram ourselves, and you don't have to be a neurologist to figure that out. You just need to feel sure my emotions are coming up and these are the signs. I need to watch out for these signs. If this happens, I'm in a danger zone. I need mm-hmm. to take care of that. When I'm in that danger zone, how do I get my <clears throat> pardon, how do I get myself back to my to my calm place? It's sometimes described as the window of tolerance. How do I get back to my window of tolerance? I'm not in the blue zone where I'm asleep. I'm not in the red zone where I'm too angry. I'm in that middle place where I can easily regulate myself and a big part of that is I think using some of the eastern techniques we Mm -hmm. talk about dialectical behavior therapy so 
Um, it's been shown that people who pray or meditate or bring themselves back to calmness or center on a regular basis definitely has a, a better success rate. So there are things that we can train and, and do, uh, do, sorry, train ourselves to do that yeah. can really help us. All right, so as you just did now, you mentioned those uh, some of those skills that can help us in cultivating our emotional uh, regulation. How yeah. much of emotional support uh, does this play, I mean, into it? How much of, uh, of emotional support, um, I guess, impacts in terms of the skills that we have uh, to, to cultivate this emotional regulation? You mean support from people around us? Yeah, well, any emotional support, I guess, even uh, seeking psychologists mm-hmm. and therapists and, oh, and right. that kind of thing. How, how big of a role would it play then in, in just harnessing our skills on this? Yeah, I, th- I think it's absolutely paramount. You know, I mean, if, if you wake up in the morning and you go through the day without making contact with anybody, you might think that you're quite, you know, you had a good day, you were quite calm. But then you might get in a car and drive somewhere and suddenly you feel road, road rage from, from, from nowhere. Not serious road rage, but just your emotions coming up. Um, so it's mm. only in the interpersonal space that we really become aware of the fact that we are not, not self, emotion self-regulated on, at that particular instance. So in the same way, when you have people around you that are supportive, people who are helping and guiding you and teaching you skills, your yoga teacher, uh, your therapist, um, even your GP, um, just even the fact that you have that support base is going to help you because you'll think it's not like I'm not isolated. I'm not all on my own. Um, I've, I've got people that I can reach out to. And then, of course, the, the quality of the help that you get, sitting down with someone, having a cup of tea, talking through a problem. Those those things help to really help to, um, again, ground you, bring you back to center and just put you in a community firmly and putting that support network around you. So I do, when I talk about support network, I'm to come back to what you were saying earlier mm-hmm. about what sorts of things can help us unfrazzle or cause us to not self-regulate. And I want to mention um, a couple of very important factors. And right at the top of my list is tiredness, you know, the fact mm. that people undervalue how tired they are. Um, and then also just the, the use of sugar. So when your hypoglycemic index is out of whack. So if your sugar is either very low or very high, um, you know, people who basically live from coffee to coffee. Um, when my clients come in, new clients, and they say to me, please, I want to work on my anxiety, I say to them, how much coffee do you drink? And they say to me, six cups a day, I say to them, I can't work with you until you stop drinking that coffee. Mm. So sometimes I can help them to stop drinking the coffee, but I can't help them with anxiety until we've managed that. So definitely we need to also be aware that things that we do in our day-to-day, like our eating and our sleeping patterns, impact on how well we self-regulate or not. Mm. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Thank you so much uh, for talking to us on this. Uh, very important. I think it's quite important, this topic. Um, and uh, I guess also not to, uh, you know, self-condone, because as we're saying, we live in a country that it is what it is. There are so many challenges in our country, and we can only right. do the best and, and keep trying to emotionally regulate. Absolutely. I think it's recumbent upon us because we live in a country like this. And because we do, you know, I found that South Africans are incredibly resilient. Mm. So it's definitely a positive rather than a negative. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Dr. Steph. Pleasure. Dr. Steph is a psychologist talking to us in our Wellness Corner about the importance of emotional regulation.